Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to River Glen. Uh, if we haven't met, my name is Ben. I get to be one of the leaders here. And uh, I want you to know at River Glen, we uh, welcome everybody. Our doors just swing wide open to welcome everybody, no matter where you are on your spiritual journey. So we welcome everybody uh, on the other side of the camera in Pewaukee and online. And uh, welcome everybody here in uh, Waukesha. Today we begin this new series called uh, True North, and this series is going to lead us up to Easter. True North gives us a direction in our lives. Now, if you're trying to find uh, True North from a physical standpoint, you probably would use a compass like this one right here. I got this on Amazon, and uh, this is a great uh, compass. It's got a magnet uh, inside of it, and you would think that if you hold a compass like this, that it's going to point you to true north. It's going to point you to the North Pole, right? But not really. I didn't know this. Maybe some of you knew this already. But a compass like this actually points you to magnetic north, not true north. And magnetic north is actually located in Arctic uh, Canada. It, it can move around based on the magnetic functions of the earth. But magnetic North is not true north. It's not the same as the North Pole. If you have an iPhone, you can, you can check this out on your own. You can uh, go to the settings in your iPhone. I don't know if uh, Android phones do this, but for iPhones, you can go to the settings and you can choose true north or magnetic north in the setting for the compass on your phone. You can actually take two iPhones, one set, and put them next to each other, one set to true north, one set to magnetic north, and they will point in separate directions because there's a one degree difference between true north and magnetic north. Some of you are like, you know, I didn't know our pastor was a scientist, uh, a geographer. <laughs> Some of you are like, big deal. You know, what's, you know, what's the big deal? One degree difference. That's tiny. But think about this. If you're, if you're traveling to a destination and you're one degree off, if you're on an airplane, look at this, one degree off in one hour, you'll be one mile off. Two, uh, one degree off in, in two hours, you'll be two miles off. Or imagine you're going to the moon and it represents your lifetime. If you're just one degree off, do you know how much you'll miss the moon by? If you're one degree off, here's the, here's the exact number. You'll miss the moon by 4,169 miles. You'd be that far off. And this illustrates our, our lives. We all want to head in the direction of true north, but the magnetic pull of our culture can take us off course, and we may not even realize it. Imagine living your life not on true north, spiritually, in your marriage, with your kids, in your career, with your finances. And maybe that's where some of us find ourselves today. We're off a little bit. And we need to find true north. And I think COVID has done this for, for many people. Maybe we start drifting. Uh, maybe we start reaching for something, turning to something not good. And it takes you off track. And we need to get back to true north in our lives. And that's what this series is about. We're going to show you how to get to true north. And here's a summary. Here's the big idea for the whole four-week series. Jesus is the only way to find true north. He is, is the answer, but there's so much confusion about who Jesus is. And so here's what I want to focus on in this uh, series. I want to laser focus on who Jesus is because Jesus is the only one 
that, that gets us to true north. And the way we're going to do this, we're going to open up a book in the Bible, the book of John. John wrote one of the four gospels, one of the four biographies about Jesus. By the way, if you've never started reading the Bible, if you've never read the Bible before, this would be a perfect place to start, the book of John. John was one of the disciples, and he records the words of Jesus for us. And in the book of John, this doesn't happen in the other Gospels. In the book of John, he records these seven I am statements that Jesus made about him, uh, made about himself. In other words, Jesus said, you want to know who I am? You want to know definitively who I am? And he makes these seven I am statements. I'm the bread of life. I'm the light of the world. I'm the gate for the sheep. I'm the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the true Vine. And in the Bible, seven, the number seven, is the perfect number. God created everything in how many days? Seven days. And these seven statements give us the perfect picture of uh, Jesus. And, it can, and, and they can change our uh, lives. What we're going to do, we're going to focus on four of them. We'll encompass some of the others. But really, we're going to focus on four of them to help us get to true north. And this series is for everybody, even if you're not a Christian at all. Maybe this is your first time at, at River Glen. Maybe you're just checking out Jesus. At the end of this series, you will have a clear picture of who Jesus is. Maybe you've been a Christian for like 50 years. This will, this will give you a better understanding of Jesus and I think a better true north for your life. Today, I want to start with the second I am statement. Second I am statement. Would you say this out loud with me? Ready? I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Now, that's a really big statement that Jesus uh, made. You know, whether you look at it through the lens of, of Scripture or the lens of science, it is a really big uh, statement. Now, we live in a modern world uh, today, so we know more about uh, light than ever before. We know that light is really fast. And I don't mean lightning fast. Light travels 50 times faster than lightning. Light travels at a speed of 186,000 miles per second. In one second, light travels around the world seven times, 1,001. That is fast, isn't it? And we know most of our light comes from the sun, and the sun is really big. Do you know this, that, that you could take you, you could fit 1.3 million Earths inside of the sun. The sun's really big and the sun's really hot. The surface of the sun burns at 10,000 degrees Fahrenheit. And if you were to drill beneath the surface of the sun, I wouldn't recommend it. But if you uh, did do that, it is 25 million degrees hot. The sun is amazing. Uh, and, and, and light is a big deal. When Jesus says, I am the light of the world, I mean, he's making a really big statement. And when you go from science to scripture, it's even bigger. It, it's such a big statement. I've heard it said that you can summarize the entire Bible with four words, from darkness to light. I know the Bible's got 66 books in it, but if you wanted to describe the whole thing in four words, from darkness to light. In fact, what I want to do today is I want to show you that throughout the Bible, we see that God loves to bring, dark, to bring light into the darkest places and the darkest circumstances and the darkest moments in our lives. And I think it's going to help us understand what Jesus meant when he said, I am 
the light of the world. Now, when Jesus spoke those words in, in John chapter 8, the, the people in the audience, the religious leaders, you know, they didn't really know science like we do today. And so I think what they thought of first is Genesis chapter 1. I think their minds probably went back to the uh, beginning. If, if you open up the Bible to the first page and you read the first line in the, in the Bible, here's what it says. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Look at this next word. Darkness was over the surface of the, the deep. And so when the world began, darkness covered the land. Before God created beautiful things. Before God brought light into the darkness. Before all of that, the earth was covered with chaos and darkness. There's an interesting Hebrew word for this phrase, formless and, and empty in verse two. It's this word, it's pronounced tohu vavohu. Sounds like tofu, that's not tofu. Uh, tohu vavohu, it's kind of a fun word to say. Would you say this out loud with me on, on the count of three? One, two, three. Tohu vavohu, tohu vavohu literally means a swirling mass of nothingness and darkness. It's a swirling, just a swirling, chaotic, black darkness. Tohu vavohu even sounds kind of dark and ominous, uh, doesn't it? And, and let's be honest, many of us feel like today, today, right now, is tohu vavohu all over again. As we, get, as, as we approach the one-year anniversary of when the pandemic started and much of our world shut down. You know, I can remember last uh, March when they canceled sporting events and, and many things shut down and we moved our services online. I remember thinking, you know, this darkness, this virus might last a few weeks, right? And here we are a year later and we're still dealing with it. We had this nice orderly life, but it got swept away by a dark swirling mass of chaos and darkness. For many, it's been a time of economic darkness. Many people have lost jobs. Many businesses have closed down. Many people fear the future more than ever before. And it's been a time of emotional darkness. Maybe you struggle with depression or mental illness uh, issues or anxiety. And it's been just a really tough, difficult year for you. Maybe you've been clean and sober for a long time, but the chaos of this last year has put you on the verge of a relapse. Many of us have lived this past year with just an extra layer of fear in our life. And the isolation just makes it uh, worse. For, for many, Zoom calls have become a way of life. I, I laughed at this picture somebody made of uh, Jesus and the disciples, you know, uh, meeting on Zoom for the uh, Last Supper together. You know, many of our small groups have met on Zoom over the past year. We did have one group that just met in person throughout the whole pandemic. And uh, yeah, here's a picture. They had a pretty strict dress code for their uh, group. It has just been a time of uh, emotional distance and darkness. Uh, for many, this is a time of relational darkness. You know, maybe you had plans. You know, you were looking forward to a vacation or just seeing and other people getting together, celebrating together, but it didn't pan out. And, and for many marriages and families, the past year has, has, has put relationships under incredible strain. And for many people who've been infected by the virus, this has been a time of physical darkness. I mean, you know, most people fully recover, but some people struggle in the fight 
of their life. And some have passed away. But it's also a time of spiritual darkness. I'm not surprised to read that during the past year, the number of Google searches for prayer and God have spiked to unprecedented levels because of the coronavirus. I mean, more people, literally more people are searching for God than ever. And I think by having more time to think and reflect, some of us have confronted the darkness in our own souls as, as well. But listen, there may be darkness there may be tohu vavohu across the land right now, but it's the nature of God to bring light into the darkest places and the darkest circumstances in the darkest moments of our lives. Remember Genesis 1 uh, verse 2 describes it this way. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. Look at this. And the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. I mean, things were out of control, chaotic, confusing, and dark, but the Spirit of God was there all along, hovering over uh, creation and, and waiting. And I believe the Spirit of God is hovering over your life. He's trying to get your attention to let you know that he's there. It says the spirit of God was hovering in the midst of the darkness. And then God said, let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good. And he separated the light from the darkness. God brings beauty out of a mess. God brings order out of chaos. God brings light into darkness because that's who God is. And this isn't just something God did at the beginning. God does this again and again and again. In the second book of the Bible, the book of Exodus, God brings, God leads the Israelites out of the darkness of slavery in Egypt. Maybe you remember seeing the movie, uh, Moses and the Israelites walk through the sea on dry ground and through the wilderness. God gives them light. He leads them by a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire uh, by night. Uh, God gives them light. God gives them the light of a nation. It gets darker as you continue reading in the Old Testament, but look at what one of the prophets named Isaiah writes about the coming birth of Jesus. He says, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of deep darkness. A light has dawned. Christmas is God flipping on the lights for all of us living in the darkness. Jesus came into a world that was very dark, but he was so full of hope and power and love that one day he just stands up and he says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. I want you to notice just a few key words here. This phrase, I am, this is huge in scripture. Scripture uses this phrase as one of the names of God. Do you know that? Moses asked God, what is your name? God said, my name is I am. When Jesus says I am, he is in, in intentionally communicating and identifying himself that he is God. And notice he doesn't just say I'm the light of a nation. He says I am the light of the world. He brings light for everyone. He gives light to everyone. Those who've attended church all their life and, and those who've never attended church. Conservative people, liberal people, moderate people and those who refuse any label, rich people, poor people, and everyone in between, people from all races and ethnicities. He's not a label or an affiliation. Jesus is simply the light of the world. He's the true light 
that leads us to true north. But the opposition arose and tried to extinguish the light. The leaders who, who benefited the most from the religious system, they tried to snuff out the light of Jesus. The politicians who wanted the masses to, to remain uninspired and hopeless tried to extinguish the light. And together they put Jesus on a cross. And do you know what happened? Matthew records it this way, from noon until three in the afternoon, look at this, darkness came over the land. Darkness covered the land in the middle of the day. They tried to extinguish the light and it really seemed like they succeeded. Jesus cried out, it is finished. He stopped breathing and they pierced his side with a, with a large blade to make sure that he was uh, dead. And it was tohu vavohu all over again. There couldn't have been a darker time for Jesus' followers. It seemed like darkness had won, but God loves to bring light into the darkest places and the darkest circumstances and the darkest moments in our lives. And on Easter, Easter morning, we're gonna celebrate Easter in just four weeks. On Easter morning, God said, let there be light and light burst into that tomb. And the eyes that closed on the cross popped open in the grave. The hands that went limp on the cross straightened out in the darkness. The body that was crushed on that hill walked out of the tomb alive and victorious and radiating life, light that can never be extinguished. And his light and his love and his forgiveness and hope extend to every single person today. Whatever your darkness, whatever your despair, whatever your chaos, Jesus has risen from the grave to prove that he is the light of the world and to announce that darkness does not have the last word. Look at what John says. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not and will not and cannot overcome it. And then in the last chapter of the Bible, Revelation chapter 22, John writes, there will be no more night. They will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun, for the Lord God will give them light. And they will reign forever and ever. That's the whole message of the Bible, from darkness to light. So let me try to encourage you with a few applications. How does this apply to our lives today, right now, today, in the midst of a global pandemic, when it seems like darkness covers the land? First, I want you to remember something. God does some of his best work in the dark. Darkness does not mean God is absent. God does some of his best work in the dark, God can take a seed that's covered with dirt and buried away from the light and in the darkness, turn it into a beautiful flower like a rose. God can take an ugly, you know, slug-like worm wrapped in a dark cocoon and turn it into a stunning and majestic butterfly. And just as the spirit of God was there in the beginning, hovering over the darkness, and just as God was there in the darkness of the tomb, know that in whatever darkness you're in, that it's been the nature of God for thousands of years to bring light into the darkest places and the darkest circumstances, into the darkest moments in our lives. And maybe somebody needs to hear that today. Maybe you feel like you're just going through a dark struggle right now. Maybe your life feels like a dark tomb right now, but you remember God does some of his best work in the dark. The, 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 the bright mountaintops of life will inspire us, but it's those dark valleys of life that really mature us. And I believe God's up, up to something good in your life right now. You know, I heard something recently. Somebody said that uh, with the vaccines that have come out, that 
life should get back to normal uh, by, the, by the end of this year, later on this year. And, and that's good news. But I, I do hope that we aim higher than that. Because normal was comfortable. Normal was selfish. Normal was all about me. Normal was spiritually lukewarm. And the pandemic has created the perfect opportunity for God to do way more than that in our lives that he's been waiting to see happen for a long time. Maybe, maybe it's as simple as just getting into the Bible more often or praying more authentically. Maybe it's your patience, character uh, development. Maybe it's getting better at showing love to those that we live with. Or maybe it's finally having a breakthrough in the way that we deal with stress and anxiety. Maybe it's learning to truly find joy and peace in a relationship with Jesus. Maybe you could pray during the darkness, God, how do you want to use this time in my life? God, draw me closer to you. God, what, what change? Show me a change that I'm supposed to make so that, you know, when this is over, I don't just go back to making the same mistakes and the same shallow, shallow living as I did before. Psalm 18 says, you, Lord, keep my lamp burning. My God turns my darkness into light. Remember, God does some of his best work in the darkness. Second, I want you to remember, if you're a follower of Jesus, God sends us to shine light into the darkness. Jesus didn't just say, I am the light of the world. He looked at his disciples and he pointed to them and he said, you are the light of the world. Go and shine your light because the best reflective surface for the light of Jesus is us. Jesus is counting on us to bring light and joy into a dark uh, world. If, if, people, if people are going to see the light of Jesus in difficult times, it's going to happen through us. And I bet you can think of somebody, I, I, I bet you can think of somebody right now, somebody who's, who's probably fearful or discouraged by the darkness, and you could be the person to shine hope and joy and, and light into their, into their darkness. You know, it's such a dark time right now that even a little bit of light shines really bright. You might need to get uh, creative, but there are many ways that we can shine light into the darkness. You could go to one of your neighbors and ask three how questions. How you doing? How can I help you? How can I pray for you? How you doing? How can I help? How can I pray for you? You could write a note to somebody in a retirement home. You could write a note to a first responder. You could write a note to a school teacher and brighten their day. You could, you could invite somebody to one of our Easter services in, in four weeks. We're planning seven uh, Easter uh, Easter weekend services across both campuses. That would shine the light brighter. You could volunteer for uh, helping with the Easter services. In a couple of weeks, we're breaking ground on two houses in the city of Waukesha through a partnership with Habitat for Humanity. This spring, you could pound some nails. You could volunteer and help build these homes in Waukesha and shine the light brighter. Also coming up this spring, we have planned a, a weekend to go out into the community and do service projects with our local uh, partners and shine the light. It's been said that we don't defeat darkness by yelling at it. We defeat darkness by lighting a candle, by shining the light of Jesus through our words and our actions. And when you shine the light of Jesus, you bring peace where there is panic. You bring comfort where there is grief. You bring love where there is loss. 
Now, there's one last application I want you to remember, and that's Jesus invites you to follow him as your light in the darkness, because just like a creation when things look dark and ominous, and just like a first Easter Sunday when Jesus was in the grave and darkness covered the land, things look dark today, and many people feel afraid and discouraged. But what if I told you things are not as they seem? What if I told you God was making you stronger right now? And God's making our church stronger right now. Would you believe it? What if I told you that your family and your marriage and your relationships could grow closer and stronger? What if God wants to use this dark time to strengthen you? Because we know God does some of his best work in the dark and God sends us to shine light in the darkness. And we know Jesus invites anyone and everyone, including you right now, to follow him as your light in a dark uh, world. Notice Jesus says in John chapter eight, I am the light of the world. Look at this word, whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of light. Jesus, Jesus says, whoever you are, listen, whoever you are, any, any, who, however dark your life, you're, you're not too lost, you're not too dark. You're not too screwed up. You're not too far from God. With a humble heart, you can say yes to Jesus. Jesus, I want, I want to follow you. I want you to be the light, my light in the darkness now and, and forever. I believe just as the spirit of God was hovering in the darkness over creation and just as the spirit of God was hovering over the darkness of the tomb on that first Easter, the spirit of God is hovering over your life and you don't have to live in darkness because Jesus, the light of the world, he loves you and he wants to forgive your sin and he wants to have a relationship with you now and forever. I want you to hear from one of our students about how Jesus moved her from darkness to light. Take a look. I'm November and I've been attending River Glen for about three years and this is my story. July of 2018, um, my family lost my little cousin, Nathaniel. He had just turned three years old the day before the accident that they were in. And that's how I found myself in a dark place. I found myself questioning whether God was with me and really doubting if he was with me. I found myself in the darkest place in my faith. Nathaniel went through um, health complications from birth, which kind of kept him in and out of the hospital for about the first year and a half of his life. He always seemed to smile and he always seemed to be laughing. It's kind of crazy to think about this little boy who's so much younger than me in age was, is one of my biggest inspirations to this day. Before we lost Nathaniel, I really didn't make church uh, an intentional priority. Um, I would go whenever I could. I would go to the weekend services with my family. I never went to the youth group. I never went to Unite. I never went to Edge as a middle schooler. So the next summer after we lost Nathaniel, I last minute decided that I was gonna go to the CIY conference that the youth group was going to, which was so scary for me because I didn't know anyone in that community. I didn't know the leaders. I only knew a couple people um, that I knew from school. Um, so I ended up going and I was scared, but it honestly changed my life. I felt the presence of God in this community that I surrounded myself with. 
um, and I was forced to think about where I was coming from and how I wanted to get out of this darkness because I did not want to stay in the darkness. One day during the conference, um, they invited people who were taking that invitation to turn back to God. And so in this gym full of more than a thousand kids, I stood up and I decided that I was turning my way back to God. And after that, I physically felt the presence of my leaders and my friends praying over me and supporting me. And it was the best feeling in the world and I could honestly already feel myself climbing out of that darkness with the support of my new community that I found, which I will, I will never forget it. I've experienced Jesus through the people here and the, through the connections I've made through Unite especially. Um, and that's really encouraged me through anything I go through in life and especially what I went through a few years ago. Um, I just have that constant source of encouragement and love and hope and I, I also believe that like that's my tangible sign from God that I'm never alone in anything I go through. Jesus says that He is the light of the world but He also calls us to be the light of the world and ever since my experience um, at CIY and so on, it's been my number one goal to live a life as proof of Jesus and to bring that hope of Jesus into the world because there's not enough of it. And it's really encouraging to know that I have Jesus with me all of the time. I really appreciate uh, November sharing her story. Moving from, Jesus moved her from darkness to light. And maybe you've been running from God, drifting from God, ignoring God. We're going to sing a song at the end of the service today about light and darkness. And I just want to encourage everybody. I want to invite everybody to make this a moment uh, where you come before the risen Jesus and say, Jesus, I choose you. I want you to be my true north. I give you my life because you gave your life to me. I want you to be my light in this darkness and whatever life brings my way. Make this moment a pivot point in your life. And if you choose to follow uh, Jesus, we can help you with your next step of uh, demonstrating your faith through baptism, just like November did in the uh, video. She got baptized on Easter uh, weekend. And that was a pivot point in, in her life. And it can be a pivot point in your life. It was a pivot point for Jesus. I got to show you this. Look at the scripture about Jesus' baptism. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove. Look at this, lighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love with him. I am well pleased. Just like the light shined on, on Jesus. God's light will shine on you in baptism. And just as God affirmed Jesus and his identity, God will affirm you as his son, as his uh, daughter. We're planning to celebrate baptisms on, on Easter weekend at both campuses, and we would love to include you. We've got everything that you need. It's uh, real simple. Just take out your phone and text the word baptism to 262-500-4004 and you'll receive a link where you can just fill out the form. If you're watching online, 
uh, let us know, fill it out, fill out the form. We'll reach out to you and figure out the best way to do your uh, uh, baptism. You can take out your phone right now and uh, text the word baptism to that number. Wouldn't it be great, I mean, to celebrate your baptism uh, this Easter and allow God's light to shine in you and through you. Let me pray for us. God, thank you for being a God who has always brought light into darkness. You brought light into darkness from the beginning of time. You brought light into that dark tomb and you bring light into our lives today. And we need, we need light right now, God. Thank you for those saying yes to the light of Jesus today. And how it seems like a very dark time is going to end up being a time of growth, a time of turning toward you, a time where we gain a clear and better understanding of Jesus and a better true north for our lives. We pray this in Jesus' name.